So, dude, it's been like um, more than a month since we actually like sat down and recorded with each other. I know. I felt like I haven't done this in a really long time. Like I was setting everything up and I'm like, oh, man, like when's the last time we got everything out and we actually like sat? <laughs> I guess that's not face to face, but computer to computer to each other and, and, you know, did something like this. But we're happy to be back with you guys here on Pod Wars. We had some spicy releases coming out from our good old backlog. And we realized, hey, we haven't talked about WandaVision much at all since our episode with CBC, um, our comic book couples counseling, which was on the first few episodes. And we released it basically near the end of the season. So we're going to jump into some WandaVision. Right. This uh, I'm editing this uh, episode, so this podcast is going to be just a bunch of bullshit, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm not editing that out. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm really excited just to kind of talk about this show. And you know, Gary and I, uh, we really haven't. The reason that you know we haven't, uh, I think we kind of talked about this maybe a little bit back, but I'm in school again, and you're taking a class, so you can have extra letters at the back of your name, right? Yeah, I'll be uh, DPT, CMPT, BYOB. So it'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you guys might have to bear with us as we might we might have to skip a couple weeks as we go along here, just because you know life is life. But it's okay because Shrek is love. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. And hopefully someday, uh, Red Five will get big enough where we can all just podcast and get paid for it and not have to go to our. Uh, soulless jobs yeah soulless jobs what's up um thank you to my employers but yeah so bear with us as we we will have to figure out what the hell we're gonna do with our scheduling for episodes but that being said we still have some dope stuff in the works we're gonna be having on soon a good friend of the pod chris leps who was recently on a little known show called the mandalorian um, he was sharing with us some of his experience with that, and he was basically, you take any stormtrooper from a major scene who got his ass kicked, and that's our boy Chris. Yeah, like he was showing all the pictures that he was in, and he's literally every single stormtrooper. And I'm like, this is going to be so much fun, because like he was the stormtrooper that wore the mocap that like Luke crushed at the very end. So I'm so excited to hear him talk about like all this behind-the-scenes stuff. And if you haven't listened and you want to get a little taste on Chris and whatnot, go listen back to our Pirates of the Caribbean episode um, or the interview. And he's because he was Johnny Depp's uh, stunt double. And yeah, the that episode's great. So we're really excited to have him come back on and talk about some Mandalorian. Yeah, so we have exciting stuff coming ahead, even though we're probably going to be on the crappy side as our podcasting lives kind of take a little break, and we'll jump back into it, though, full bore. But today's all about WandaVision. So the final episode just released this week, this Friday, as of us recording right now. And first off, dude, okay... I want to hear your thoughts about the series kind of as a whole. Like, what? how do you feel it fits into that usual Marvel mold? Did you like it? Did you not? I thought this series was phenomenal. And I'm going to use those words over and over again a lot, so I apologize beforehand. But uh, this series is nothing like Marvel's ever done before. They swung for the fences, and they hit a home run. Uh, you, I mean... A lot of people will get into more of like some of the fan reactions and whatnot and my thoughts on that. But 
I would I, I'm I'm blown away by what they did. Like not only is it like a good timepiece where they like walk through the different generations of uh, sitcoms, but they also did a really good job of showcasing these two characters or have so much you know tragedy and um well wanda i would argue has the most like she's the most tragic character in the mcu and like letting her breathe they just did a really good job of i would say giving it like an origin story but also giving her an origin story but also you know setting up for the next phase yeah i I would say going into this, I had a completely different expectation, probably like a lot of Marvel fans, of what this show would be. I thought it would include a lot of multiverse stuff, a lot of like more more Twilight Zone creepiness that it didn't necessarily have, in my opinion. Um, but that being said, I still enjoyed it for what it was, and I really appreciated it. You know, like it wasn't the usual MCU kind of production, which is why I thought it was good. Like, it wasn't the beat-em-ups and all that kind of, like, feels sort of moments. It wasn't the cheesy comedy. And I think that's what made it awesome. <laughs> you laugh about how it was not the cheesy comedy, and then, like, the last episode had, like, the most cheesiest thing, and I got, like, pretty upset about that. Uh, so before we get... I'm just going to say spoilers. So, you know, if you haven't watched it, go and watch it, then come back. But I think you know what I'm talking about with uh, Pietro. I was, I was oh, pretty... Oh, yeah. I was pretty... I was like, oh, a classic Marvel... Like, that's a bad, that's a joke that's not going to age well. Yeah, okay, that joke definitely didn't. But overall, I mean, like, take, usual Marvel has kind of like, I don't know, like, the shitty comedian approach of they do, like, 50 jokes, hoping that, like, two of those jokes land. And at least in WandaVision, they cut that down quite a bit. The the way that I always think about it is, and you know how in Black Panther, when, uh, Shuri is like, what are those? I'm like, that's the classic like Marvel jokes that I'm like, you guys don't really need those in here because you know in 50 years people are gonna be like, Dad, what or Mom, like, why, what does that mean? And you're gonna have to sit there and explain yeah. this really bad joke. Even though I do have a soft spot for boner jokes and pun absolutely intended. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, but uh, we have to agree that like. They took a huge risk with this because they went full bore into their sitcom concept. Like, that was a ballsy choice on their part because that is not at all like an MCU production, which is what led to a lot of people doing, say, one episode in, being like, oh, this is boring, and us enjoying that slow burn. Like, what did you think about that slow burn of the series? Uh, I I knew it was going to be a slow burn. Uh, I knew that it wasn't going to be a lot of action right away, so that's why I, like... Didn't have super high expectations, but I was still keeping my hopes up that it was going to turn out, you know, as good as it did. And the more and more I hear about, like, I'm really excited for the next week where they talk about the behind the scenes stuff because I've what the stuff, like little tidbits I've heard of how much work they put into this TV show. Like, did you know that the first two episodes were filmed in front of a live audience? So that laugh track is real. That's dope. I did not know that. I did know um, they brought Dick Van Dyke in to kind of go over the set to help with that reproduction, which I thought was a really good touch. I wouldn't say the laugh track is real, but it, they they had that you know like they they, yeah. they used they tried to emulate that and like the apparently they painted Vision blue to get that gray to pop because it looked better and like the I I know 
I kind of noticed this, but the depending on the time period, like different camera lenses were used or, you know, they like, you know, back in the day you had the wide screen versus the full screen. Like they had that for certain episodes. And I just thought that was really cool. Like the amount of little detail that went into this show. And I think part of that's because of the pandemic. They had the 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 time to do that. They had, the uh, you know, the whole, not just Marvel television, but also like the whole Marvel team able to work on it. That's why it's almost, you know, eight movies basically and that's why there's there's just like so much attention to detail and i also as as much as the fans you know talk about being let down by the the season finale because of all the winks and nods in the throughout the show i really appreciated that there were so many winks and nods that you know kept the fans you know talking throughout the week yeah, I think that the talking throughout the week point is what I'd like to talk about, too, because I think that's what made the show great was everyone online and like to their friends and just thinking about the show going, OK, where is this going to lead? Like, what is like when is everything going to hit the fan? We're going to see everything freak out. And I think that was part of the fun, too, also of like conjectures over who or what it is. Sorry, Marvel fans. It was apparently not Mephisto the whole time. Everyone online and their mother thought it was Mephisto, and I totally gave in to that group, dude. I I didn't... I wanted it to be, and I, I still think it still could be with, you know, the whole end post credit scene and whatnot, um, but that's, like, it's not in the show, but it could be, like, in the future. I don't want to, like, I guess I don't... After TLJ, I'll say this right now. After TLJ, I believed in too many fan theories, and it ruined the experience for me. I'm not saying that TLJ is a bad movie. There, I have we have we've talked about it before with our beefs and whatnot. But the reason I didn't like it right away is because I was all hyped in on these fan theories. So going into Wandavision, I was like, I am not going to. I'm going to keep my expectations low. I am going to take every single fan theory with a grain of salt, and that's why I think I ex- like experienced it and loved it as much as I did. But to go, yeah, to go I, off the that does help. The go off of the weekly format, I also think that works better because, you know, there it gives people time to you know uh, immerse themselves in it, to simmer on it, to watch it a second time instead of just binge watching it. You know, it have been like The Witcher, where you know in one week everyone's watched it and like everyone's done talking about it. But because of the Mandalorian and Wandavision have done such a good job of doing a weekly format it keeps on bringing like talking it throughout the week and giving something to for people to look forward to that and if it wasn't weekly i think it would have been a huge letdown because the huge the real beauty behind the show is the one wondering what the heck's going on and two appreciating the details and if you're binge watching you can't really do either you can't sit there thinking oh is this going to happen is that going to happen and enjoy that and you can't also just sit there relishing all the immense detail in each of the episode you know so like the weekly format worked incredibly well for this and I do have to say that I really loved just the concept of the whole show. It wasn't like we were talking about like a beat em up. It's not, I wouldn't even, it's not really an origin story either. It is about a character who's gone through so much trauma. You know, she, like her, her city was bombed through a war. You know, she almost got, her parents got killed. Her brother got killed. Vision got killed twice in front of her. And how do you deal with that trauma? And I really thought they did a good job of over a course of nine episodes showing someone who has these immense powers and how would they deal with the trauma that she's gone through their whole life that episode eight 
I know we haven't really gotten into nine yet, but episode eight was phenomenal. Having like Agatha go through all these, and, and I didn't even mention getting you know experimented on and all these different things. Like she argued, like I said earlier, is the most you know tragic character. All the things that have happened to her are so awful, and it's just cool that Marvel was like, yeah, you know, just like in the comics, all these awful things happened to her too. We're gonna do the same thing, and we're gonna show a really great you know TV show showing how someone would deal with this trauma. I uh, have seen a lot of memes where they show like how women deal with trauma and it shows like Wanda doing this massive like badassery and then how guys deal with trauma and it shows Thor there fat with a beer and a PS4 controller. And I'm like, ah, I like that. Because Thor's the only other one who's arguably had the most trauma of any other character in Marvel. Right, yeah, he like lost Asgard and his family and all that stuff. And But it's true, like that's a that's a funny meme. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do love that episode where they, I, I wouldn't say, I, I was debating with myself over this week, like, is this really like, is this the, is this Marvel constructing an origin story for Scarlet Witch? And it kind of is, but kind of isn't. It More so, it's just like, this show gives an insane amount of character development for Scarlet Witch, which is great because her character can lead to so many big plots if you have her this well-developed. Right. If you just had her, I feel like if if you had her just open the multiverse and become this ultimate bad villain, it it would diminish her character and it wouldn't be like it wouldn't pay off. Like now that we have WandaVision and if she does ultimately become this villain that we expect expect her to be, whether it be killing mutants or bringing mutants to life or whatever, or opening the doors for Dumamu or Mephisto, there's so many theories we don't know. Uh, now that we have this TV show, it, it kind of makes her a more um, personable and, you know, like a, a, a character that we can all fall behind and like a, a, a likable villain. And I don't even know if you can describe her as a villain. Like, she's not really a villain. She's not really an anti-hero. She's kind of like, I don't know. It's just that she's a person dealing with grief, which is, I think, a great way of displaying her. Because you watch WandaVision and she's never... I, I wouldn't as describe her as the villain at all throughout it, and she's certainly not the hero. Um, it, it really, it's Marvel's doing a great job giving a nuanced character. Yeah, and I also like that they're giving her the, um, at the very end of the second post-scene credit where she's with a Darkhold book. I like that they're giving her that because oftentimes I felt like her powers are so not well explained and so now that she's going to have this training, it, it'll it'll allow Marvel to kind of give because everyone's like, oh, like WandaVision's the strongest. But now that she has the Darkhold, it kind of like gives this like basis to the fact of like, yeah, like she has all this knowledge, all this magic behind her. Like she could be the the biggest baddie if she needed to be. Well, let's explain that for some of our listeners here, because that book, um, I don't know, has it been confirmed that that was the missing one from Doctor Strange's library? Can you kind of explain what she was studying from? I don't know if it's the one that's missing from Doctor Strange, because I believe someone's the the bad villain in that one stole it. But the Darkhold basically has all these different, that's just like different knowledge that from like the dark dimension and you it like unlocks like these secrets that normal people shouldn't know and do you have any more on that kind of gary i'm 
I'm kind of struggling from yeah, it, right here. I mean, like it, they go into it a little bit in Doctor Strange, the first one, on how the ancient one uses more of that dark magic. But uh, there's been a lot of theories online, and I don't know if it's gone beyond the realm of theory that it's one of the missing books that they kind of show, and that Agatha took it. That I don't know, or know if it's been confirmed. But it is leading to Wanda having kind of an intermingled plot with Doctor Strange, as we'll see in Multiverse of Madness. And I'd like to go back to your point, Justice, on giving a little bit more clarity in her powers, because that's something that not only the MCU, but Marvel in general does a really crappy job of describing Scarlet Witch's powers. And if they want to explore this character more, it's good for them to establish that it's basically what it actually is. Yeah, using chaos magic and describing that and I had not no idea. I was listening to a couple other podcasts on, you know, WandaVision and the history behind this, uh, these two characters. I had no idea that they had, you know, such a tragic backstory and that they were together. And then like Agatha does all this stuff and Mephisto does all this stuff. And it's just really cool seeing how Marvel takes all these pieces from some really old comics to really relevant comics like The Vision that came out in 2015-2016 and mingles them all together, merges them to synthesize to this really, really great TV show. And I, I think that's like the whole MCU, not just this TV show. They, you know, they really take some interesting concepts that are kind of hard to explain in comics and make it into something that is viewable for all fans to watch. That is a good point, because that uh, Vision comic series by, I think, Tom King, was it, is really different and cerebral, and they added in a lot of those elements, which I think is part of what made WandaVision great, but having in also a little bit of MCU flair to it, and let's get into kind of Scarlet Witch's origin, because that's been something of kind of debate among fans, because... Scarlet Witch isn't necessarily... Well, she's highly connected to the mutants, let's say, in her origin. She was So first, can you kind of break that down a little bit, dude? Yeah, so she was first introduced in X-Men 4 with her brother Pietro, and she was just a... I believe she was Romanian. She was, she was just like a, a, a character who's along for the Brotherhood of Mutants, and... You know, Magneto saved her from a mob, and then she ended up realizing that she didn't like Magneto, so she joined. They joined the Avengers, and that's that's basically like her origin. But then it got retconned. Her story and Vision's story have been retconned so many times. So then it got retconned to the point where she's Magneto's. Her and Pietro are Magneto's kids, and then you know we have the whole story of like House of M and creating her kids and then Agatha, you know, brainwashing her and then like those kids actually being Mephisto. So like, but bottom line, she's a mutant. She was first introduced in X-Men number four. Um, but that is not, it doesn't seem like what's going on with the MCU because of the whole Fox and Marvel shenanigans and who owned the rights and whatnot and now that disney basically their overlords and took over fox they can now kind of introduce that whole mutant concept it's it's a little shifty because um i think they gave themselves enough room basically scarlet witch is yeah like justice said is a mutant and she's the daughter of magneto I think they gave room for them to bring in that plot. They could say that the parents are adoptive parents. 
Um, they also showed that her powers were inherently there as a kid, but then amplified by the Mind Stone. So they could make the case that she is a mutant. Um, but they're not explicitly saying that, which I remember I was watching that and I'm like, Marvel, you don't have the balls to just say she's a mutant. Come on, just do it. Just do it. And then they showed Pietro from the Fox scenes and I'm like, okay, they do have some balls here. Yeah. I think, I think that was Kevin Feige or someone, whoever was just kind of like, <laughs> guys, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? Cause we can now just like kind of give everyone the, the the big middle finger especially at the very end like i feel like of everything that was like kind of a letdown so for people who haven't watched it they introduced that quicksilver was also introduced in age of ultron with wanda and it was a different uh actor i think it's jay uh something taylor or i don't i don't remember i'm sorry and then it's also um in the x-men movies and he, the x-men movies he's always fun he comes in like at the last second does like this really cool scene where he goes you know and super like it slows down but he's going super fast and he saves everyone and they brought him in to wandavision instead of the guy who was introduced in age of ultron but of all things that right there is like oh my gosh like they just brought in an x-men character they can blow the doors open with mutants now and then in the in the end of the episode he makes a boner joke and that he's just not like an actual he's he's just part of like this universe and he's not actually Pietro. And that was one thing that I was pretty let down about. Not I didn't want them to, you know, blow the doors open about the multiverse work, getting that with Doctor Strange and, and, you know, her creating all these mutants. But the fact that they did introduce him and then they kind of like did that at the very end, I was kind of like, uh, OK, guys. See, I don't know. I still think they could make it like because Quicksilver in that Fox kind of X-Men was definitely a bit of a, a boner joke kind of guy. So I could see him still being the same character. And then like Agatha brought him in and he's like, you know what, I'm just going to be Ryan Boner because I think that's funny. Um, I don't know. I, I was hoping they blow the doors off or just leave it unanswered and have us be like questioning what the heck's with Pietro now. Um, it's, it is a missed a missed opportunity that's for sure but it's they leave enough room open that they can merge wanda in with the mutants and maybe we can get into theories later i i think that the way that they could really add in mutants later is they have to do a house of m plot line but we can get into theories later i'd like to talk a little bit we've been focusing a lot on wanda let's talk a little bit of vision so vision i think was an interesting character throughout all this especially because we, I mean, we began with us being like, okay, he's dead. How the hell is he here? Right. And to show that, you know, Wanda went and stole him. And well, the fact that like he was created out of her grief and the, you know, the mind stone that's like touched her or whatnot, like when she, you know, busts open her power and whatnot and he like forms, I thought that was really cool. I, I was pretty impressed by like that creation. And, Again, I think it also kind of plays on the fact that, you know, there's the whole concept of can droids love or synthesoids love and, you know, what is emotions and whatnot. And so the whole time you you have, you know, that's like a, a normal trope. But I felt they did like a really good job of that trope in the show where he's more dealing with like, why is Wanda doing this? You know, like, who am I as a person? Instead, of, it's it's a little bit different. It's not like they didn't they didn't fall into like a normal sci-fi trope with vision. And I really like that they also brought in the White Vision at the end. Yeah, so the White Vision was from another plot line in comics. Um, 
I believe, if I remember correctly, Vision dies. So the West Coast Avengers get this new white Vision, which is basically a similar kind of power set, except he doesn't have the same memories as Vision. And so it led to a fracture in Wanda, Maximoff, and Vision's relationship because she's like, well, you're you, but you're also not you. And and it added to the will they won't day. That too. That also helps. I just like that Paul Bettany and... Elizabeth Olsen are like, oh, there's a huge cameo at the end of the show, and it ends up just being <laughs> Vision. Like that made me laugh. And I don't know if you saw this, but a couple, like <laughs> I think like a week before the finale, uh, Paul Bettany's like, oh gosh, there's so many fan theories out there. I like really don't want to disappoint people that knowing the cameo is just me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I loved it. <laughs> they definitely dropped the ball. Well, nowadays you can't do hype stuff like that because they'll be like, oh my gosh, is Tobey Maguire going to show up? Like, oh my gosh, is this guy going to show up? And they'll be like, I mean, that's dope, but no, it's not that cool. Guys, Vision's backstory like, in the comics is like so crazy. He was introduced like way back it in the day. It is way far away from the MCU's version. He was created by Ultron from Wonder Man's like brainwaves using the like android clone body of the human torch and then that's how ultron like brought them together and to make uh to make vision and then he was originally a bad guy who overwrote his powers to fight ultron it's like just like all this like why it there's just so much to him and i'm really glad that the mcu streamlined the heck out of it and, like, Ultron was made by Hank Pym, so Hank Pym is kind of, like, guilty for Ultron, but also is like, well, at least we got Vision out of it. But And then Vision and, and Scarlet Witch became lovers, mainly because they were just, like, two random characters, and they're like, okay, let's just have them start, like, getting together, so we got some interesting plot lines. I'm The MCU did a much better job than Marvel, hot take for the episode, when it came to Vision and Scarlet Witch's origin. Yeah, I agree. And and like we've said, there it feels like comic book bright comic book writers like to really play with Wanda and Vision's backstory and just like make them go through a lot of hardship compared to other I mean, like, you know, Spider Man goes through, you know, hard things and so does Captain America, but like their stories like significantly change or have changed over the years compared to other big heroes like Captain America or Iron Man or whatnot. Well, they have major retcons. Like, wasn't there... Okay, I don't know if this is true. Let us know on the Twitterverse. Wasn't there a retcon where Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver started hooking up? And they're yes. like, well, technically, they're not actually that, related. That's in the, that's in the ultimate, ultimate universe, I believe. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, they're uh, incestual in that... They're suggested, it is. <laughs> yes. Thank goodness Secret Wars destroyed that universe, because that is just awful. Um, and I also think we need to give props to Catherine Hahn, who played Agatha. Mm. She did such a good job. Like she, I think, you know, you know, uh, Elizabeth Olsen stole the show. Obviously, Paul Bettany did a really good job. But Agatha really, I thought, was like the glue to a lot of it. And her, you know, every time she was on the scene, like you know, everyone, you know, really liked it. It was she was just a lot of fun to watch. She was cool. She was a she was like really funny, but then the reveal of her as a witch was cool. I thought it was a little predictable. I mean, her name's Agnes, and then like Agatha Harkness is such a big Scarlet Witch character. But if you're not a comic fan, like it would have been a bigger reveal. I know you loved it, Justice. I was like, okay, like I, I know she's a witch. You had her dress as a witch in the last episode. 
It was her all along. <laughs> but she was she was great. I mean, she added a lot. Their fight scene at the end was kind of cool. It was the closest thing to like the big MCU style fight for this kind of TV series that was mainly a cerebral and low beat 'em up kind of series. Yeah, I, I like the you had the boys fighting the army and then you had Monica kind of in there. It was cool too. I saw something on Twitter about how the each every, each person's eyes, like their their color, the iris changed different colors depending on different powers that were used. Like Wanda's was red, hmm. obviously, but Monica's was like blue for some things and re- yellow for other things, and um, Agatha's was purple sometimes. Like it was just cool how they they incorporated that as well when they were using their powers. Hmm, interesting. But I also there's we, so many details. Yeah, and we we have to give a shout out to uh, Jimmy Woo. You know, I don't know if on I don't know why, but everyone and their mother loves him to death, and he's he's such a good like. I just love his little bits with uh, Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I also appreciate for the Office fans out there when they're showing like memes of Jimmy Woo, and they're like, "Wow, Jim Halpert has really grown in his acting prowess now." Like, look at him; he's doing a great job in Wandavision. <laughs> 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 he's funny and uh what's her face too is also pretty good got a shout out to what's her face darcy you know exactly who i'm talking about the girl that's in uh thor yeah i'm, I'm totally blanking on her name because this is a justice is not editing much episode i want to say darcy that's <laughs> <laughs> her name in the show at least um and then monica rambo is really good too anyway yeah I want to bring to attention one thing. I don't think we've even really talked about episode nine yet, but I really, really, really liked um, the one quote. And I think like everyone's probably talked about this, but whatever the one vision is talking to Wanda and says, what is grief? If not love persevering like that, that line is so good. So good. Like as I paused that and listened to it again, I was like, damn Marvel. Are you kidding me? I, I love that line. Granted, a lot of people are calling it out saying like, oh, that's a very like destructive line to say. But I'm like, come on, that's a good line. That's a great line. I know. I liked it a lot. I I it, it I didn't know people were saying whatever. Whatever. People get mad about everything. Ugh. And you fanboys yeah. out there that don't like the because your fan theory didn't come to fruition, sucks to suck. Get over it. <laughs> but for real though. Okay, how'd you feel about um when the two visions met and they were talking about the ship of Thedes or Thesses or Thesaurus, whatever the hell it was. I watched it like five in the morning and I was like, I I don't I don't know what's going on. Like I don't know what's, what's happening. <laughs> and and I'm like, just 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 fight. Go back to fighting. It was cool. And then I like how they're like, you know, I need more Superman uh Man of Steel action right now. <laughs> you just should have watched Man of Steel there, dude. Less cerebral, more poundy poundy. But Man of Steel is a great movie, by the way. You guys should all check it out. Shut up. <laughs> Henry Cavill. Ah, oh, love that man. I heard um, he's coming to Marvel. Really? Really? As who? I don't know, because apparently they're doing a new uh Batman with JJ Abrams and Takeshi Coates is writing. I've said that name wrong. I'm so I apologize. Uh, but a really famous comic book writer is going to write the new Superman movie, um, and it doesn't sound like Cavill's coming back. Hmm. Interesting. 
So it's it, there's a but, rumor that he's coming over to Marvel. That'd be cool if he was. Um, shoot, what's what's Marvel's version of? He just got killed in King and Black. What's his name? Uh, Sentry. Oh, yeah, Henry cool Cavill is Sentry. Yeah, if he Hell was Sentry, yeah. he'd be. He just play. He just swap from Marvel to DC, but basically play the same person. <laughs> basically, exactly the same, except Sentry has um, what is it? Agoraphobia. Like he's afraid to leave his house. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, Gary, what was a highlight that you liked? From I, episode I, we, nine? we got sidetracked as hell. Um, but th- the last episode, what I think was the closest to a classic Marvel formula of the entire series. You had more beat em ups, you had more cheesy boner lines, you had, um, I don't know, more of those like cheesy, like, yeah, we're hyped kind of moments. But it worked for me. Like, it wasn't the big, like, wow kind of moment that people i think were hoping for or kind of letting their fan theories hype them up for but it was good like i i really enjoyed it and it really capped off the character development for scarlet witch would you have kept vision and your kids alive or let the hex go like she did i feel like she had to let the hex go because deep down she knew they weren't real but apparently but are they, they are real? based off the of end credits. Right. Are they not? Are they actually, were they real? Or are they just Mephisto's little body parts? I don't, that sounded weird. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they could be Mephisto's body parts. Which parts? I do not want to know. Or do I? But you're, I would, I think she had to end the hex because of kind of capturing everyone. What I was wondering is, okay, do you have the powers to do like, I don't know, Elsa in Frozen where like Olaf just has his own little storm cloud, but do the same hex for vision. So he just has his little like vision Olaf storm cloud where he's still alive and it just follows him around. You could do that instead of just enslaving a whole city. But that was me going against and adding in a little well, plot hole. I mean, well, when you see her at the very end and she made either a clone of herself or a projection of herself, so why can't she just project Vision again? I don't know. I'm not saying she needs well, to. Well, that's her in the astral plane, though, dude. That's total Doctor Strange magic. You think she's in the astral plane there? Oh, I totally think she's in the astral plane. Okay. All right. I uh, was talking to one of my friends earlier about this, and he, um, I, this is what he said about because I asked him what he thought on would you save the kids or would you open the hex? And he said, I love that the Scarlet Witch is able to um, separate herself from Wanda's, you know, you know, like separate herself from like those kids and be able to recognize that like what's going on. It like, isn't the right thing. And I was like, Oh, that's good. That's yeah. Cool. Um, it, it still makes her a hero. Well, not even a hero, just a good person person somewhat at the end it makes you it makes her likable it makes her certainly not the villain at the end of the series yeah i also but i also did appreciate that they gave the townspeople the opportunity to quote-unquote attack her you know Mm -hmm. show their frustration show their opinion um because i mean what she was doing was wrong it's clearly wrong and you know monica in her own way, try to show her that. And then Agatha like totally uses it, you know, as a way to guilt trip her. So, I mean, it, I I do like that. They, you know, 
gave them the opportunity to yell at her. Yeah, and that the like the townspeople going against her definitely had that witch hunt kind of vibe to it in a less violent way, more just accusatory. And it was necessary. There needed to be a moment where everyone called her out for being just wrong. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that really stood out to you in the in the show? Well, I think we need to move on to the end credit scenes. So the main one being that final one for me, dude, of her on her own studying for magic in what I think is an astral plane. Um, so we know that based off of that, like her powers are going to go through the roof now. She's going to be really, she's going to be on par or in Agatha's case above Doctor Strange in her reality warping kind of powers. Yeah, but before it was like, a, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it in a good way, but it was, you know, like a toddler who didn't really know how to use her powers. And then now that she has this, basically the ultimate spell book, her, you know, her possibilities are limitless. And I do, I, I have a, my personal opinion is that by her reading this book, she's going to get corrupted. Like there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's the whole purpose of what this book does. That's why it was locked away. You know, that's why it was in the the Sorcerer Supreme tried to keep it away from people. Like, there's there's no way that she walks away from not being corrupted. Yeah, she's got to... She's going to show either, if not corruption, a kind of wearing out of her mind and her sanity. I think we're... This might be way down the road, but Marvel's really set themselves up well for in Avengers Disassembled and House of M kind of format. They they don't have enough set up for them to do that in any time in the near future. But with Wanda and these powers, they definitely could. And they also set themselves up for a young Avengers too, with introducing her two kids, and then you got Kamal Khan and all these other characters. And we also probably might get, we could get the West Coast Avengers because they didn't, because did, White Vision got away, right? Like he, he didn't. He oh did, yeah, did he's he, still around. Yeah, like there's, there's now, like he's still out and about there. So there, there's that, you know, thread, plot thread line that they can, you know, do something with. I, I, I really do think as much as this was an origin story, like they still, they still set up all these pieces and I think a lot of it has to do with obviously Doctor Strange's movie, but with the X Men, they're yeah. I man, I don't know. There's just so many different possibilities, and I'm really excited to see where they where they take this. I kind of wish that Doctor Strange was coming out sooner, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not that hyped about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah i I enjoyed Wandavision so much that Falcon and Winter Soldier. It, it's just kind of like it's good. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be fun, but it's not going to be anything that I think is going to be new or really shape the formula for Marvel that much compared to like the really out of left field of WandaVision, you know? Right. You go from the Mandalorian season two, which is phenomenal and a lot of cool intro- characters introduced to WandaVision, which is, again, you know, totally off base, something completely different. And then now we, we're going to get Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I'm kind of like, uh. Can we get like Loki instead first, guys? <laughs> same. But yeah, I was thinking I guess, the same thing. Like Loki right now would have been perfect. But I, I guess I'm uh, being picky and choosy when we haven't we didn't get any Marvel content at all last year. So 
I should just shut my mouth and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Don't if you keep saying this, COVID's gonna shut it down for you, dude. It's just gonna <laughs> shut down all Marvel. Nope. Because <laughs> it's already filmed. Um. Any any last you know thoughts on WandaVision and do you got any other theories that you want to talk about? Well, I just hope they bring in Mephisto eventually. If you guys don't know who Mephisto is, he's kind of like Marvel's devil, but not really, but also kind of is. He's just a badass-looking kind of character, and I think he'd be fun to work with, but I don't know if Marvel has any plans to bring him in. Um, I see the, don't the bring boys him being in, gone. I don't want them to bring in Mephisto, because then they're going to do, do one more day plotline for Spider-Man, and that is the worst effing story that they've ever done and they've been still trying to fix it and expenses trying to fix it still like it's just the so if they do that marvel please avoid that at all cost (laughs) yeah yeah we don't want that one look up the one more day saga it's stupid it is so stupid well they could do a clone saga instead if they want to really piss off people uh that'd be like (laughs) that that that's what Marvel is going to do when, you know, everyone's burnt out. They're like, all right, we're just going to do the really shitty stories now. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to throw out all the weird ones. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think that the, the, the kids being gone, though, and kind of talking to her in the credits is going to be the driving force behind her involvement in the Multiverse of Madness. It's going to have something with her trying to get to and save her kids. Yeah, I, I, I literally think that that's their she's tapping into a, a different multiverse or different uh, dimension. And that's how she's able to hear them. Um, I, I don't think it has anything to do with Mephisto. I, I like truly think because we know of Dr. Strange and some of the stuff that they've talked about, that's exactly what's going on, uh, which would mean that they're still alive and she can go save her babies. Yay. Saving babies. Um, I did like, but that yeah, they, that's WandaVision. I did like uh, one thing. I think Family Guy always makes fun of it when they say the name of the movie in the movie, and Marvel has yeah. continuously, <laughs> continuously ignored calling her Scarlet Witch. So at the very end, when I think it's episode eight, when Agatha is like, "You're the Scarlet Witch," and I'm like, "She said it. They said it. She finally. said the thing. She said the thing." <laughs> I I saw that. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing with Family Guy. Is. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it is it true that is a Scarlet Witch a title and not a person? Is that like a Marvel thing or is that a like I didn't know that I, I didn't think that was a comic thing. I didn't think that was a comic thing either, but it's also been retconned so many freaking times that who who knows? You know, right. I always thought it was her name as like a superhero. Right, and I I'm curious to see like it's kind of like a maybe someday down the line since it's a title when elizabeth olsen's done now it's like uh captain america tossing the shield to sam like they'll do that with wanda i don't know (laughs) (laughs) and she'll toss the like little headband thingy to vision or something i don't i don't freaking know i don't know but i did before this whole podcast just in case um i read 10 issues of the vision like from one to now i read like i tried to finish the whole series before the podcast but i'm only a two-way so i can talk about that if you want me to hell yeah dude uh should we let's do a half-ass jingle <laughs> comic of the week all right y'all all right let's talk some vision dude 
So we keep on talking about how they really pulled a lot of pieces from House of M, which if if you guys want us to let us know, we can do a comic of the week on that. That'd be really long, but it could be it'd still be fun. Anyway, Vision is another one. Came out with Tom King. I believe they won a butt ton of Eisners, which is kind of like the Grammys for comics. Yeah. For this, they for got this all the awards. It's only twelve issues long. And basically, it's Vision decides to create a family, Virginia, Viv, and Vin. That Viv and Vin are girl and boy, and they're twins. And they live decide to live in a, a suburb, and things go awry. Who would like, have thought? Hey, don't bad. forget their um, don't forget their little synthesoid doggo too. I think his name was Sparky yes. as well. A little nod it's in the Sparky. show. But that is, uh, yeah, that's not introduced until like number eight or something like that. Uh, but so it's it's interesting because they're like, yes, yeah, Sparky is introduced, um, and this the so what? Like I told you, how Vision has a very convoluted backstory. In this story, Wonder Man's brother comes, the Grim Reaper comes and attacks the family while Vision is away, and the mother. Virginia just like kills him and she like buries the body and that like really starts this whole thing on a downhill spiral and the concept is behind this is it's really cool because it's it you know they're synthesoids and again it's touching on the whole can I feel human emotions you know like so so the son is going through the in class um they're dealing with uh, Shakespeare stuff, and so he's keep on he keeps on quoting Shakespeare because, you know, there's a lot of intellectual stuff going on, and the daughter, f- kind of falls in love with uh, a boy, who ends up dead in, in the in the comic. <laughs> well, let's take a step <laughs> back here, because <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of dead people in this comic. Um, there is a lot. It's, it's like, it is one of the darkest Marvel things I've read. It's very dark, and the whole thing starts out with the same kind of feel as WandaVision, except instead of it being Wanda who's craving this normal family, it's Vision. Like, he's craving being normal, he's craving not being like that synthesoid, and craving being human. And he's trying to put up this facade of humanity, and then it all goes to hell when his wife straight up murders a guy and hides the body. Yes, and and the the whole concept of... um and Tom King calls it P and not P like P is the fact that like that the, a computer can calculate a problem. And then not P is the idea that, you know, the computer can try figuring out different ways to come up with a problem, but there probably isn't, isn't a solution. And so like this whole idea that like he thought creating this family is like the P where it would, it would, it's, that's like how he like, you know, there's an easy calculation to solve the problem. But when you bring things into the real world, real life stuff happens and there's there's often not solutions for it, and so and, he's a robot oh. looking for his pee, and he couldn't find his pee. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and like in WandaVision, where Scarlet Witch's brother Pietro gets introduced, and this version, Vision's brother is introduced, but his whole reason that he's introduced is because he's spying on the family, trying to figure out if they did commit this evil murder and so the avengers like send him in to infiltrate and that's that's like how 
that's where they got the whole idea of bringing Pietro in for WandaVision, which I think is pretty cool. When I was reading that today, I was like, oh, well, okay, that's awesome. And um, I'm trying to think of another. Oh, Agatha Harkness and is like, in it. She is in it. And I would say that um, the another cool thing, too, that they do in this comic is like they'll say the future for certain characters as they're just meeting yeah. in a normal day-to-day life. Like, they meet the neighbors, and they'll be like, this neighbor's going to die. While she's dying, she's going to think about this vase. And you're like, all yeah. right. Yeah, the, what's, it's very interesting because the narrator, I don't know who it is, and maybe at the very end it will it will explain. Uh, the narrator is, it's, yeah, like you were saying, it, it like tells the future of you know these different people or like it'll say like yeah like in the next few issues this is gonna happen and you're like that doesn't really you don't you don't really you don't really do that in the story like what's going on and and it, <laughs> it like totally happens and it's so it's so weird and and um the reason the whole sparky thing dying is interesting and that it was in a bush is because in this story there's a certain plant that if an animal you know or someone eats it and then you kill that animal and then eat it itself, then you gain the powers to see the future. And so that's why there was like this really cool nod that Sparky died and, you know, it's in a bush with like plants and then, and then like she's holding it and like, you don't actually see the body. So maybe she ate it. And so that was a really, really cool nod. That's the last thing that I wanted to point out, Mm. but I haven't finished it, but basically Agatha in this story reads or eats this cat stomach gains these powers and figures out that vision is going to basically kill just everybody in the world because he snaps because something happens and so she goes and tells the avengers what's going to happen and that's why they send in uh vision's brother to infiltrate and he ends up vision's brother uh gets caught by uh vin and vision's brother ends up killing him and so that's why i believe I have not finished it, but I think Vision snaps and kills everyone because his son got killed. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna like the ending of it, dude. It's a great comic. Um, I would say a lot of the themes from this comic carries over into Wandavision. You got the theme of trying to have a normal family, but it all falling apart. Except instead, this time it's on Vision more so, and basically a lot of just anybody who's normal who encounters this family somehow ends up with a terrible fate. And and what what's really cool too is like he does tom king does such a good job of you know I've, I've talked about the if robots can love but then also like the whole existential crisis about you know god and if he's real or whatnot why are we suffering and there's a part where uh vision and viv are praying and vision's kind of like i don't know why we're doing this because we don't have souls and then she goes well that's why i pray that there first is a god and then i pray that he has a soul and then i pray that he like you can that he god rest him his soul and it's like oh that's such a cool concept it's so like it's just it's so different he's like taking all these pieces and then he's also you know that mutants have been doing this for a really long time but you know they're always treated poorly by regular humans and and again this is another story of you know race issues where vision's family is treated differently because they're you know robots instead of normal humans so there's just a lot of cool concepts being thrown around that uh, are you know well played out in this story and the art is just beautiful so like if you really enjoy wandavision and you're looking for something more comic wise that fits it 
I think that this ver- this graphic novel of Vision really fits a lot of the same mold. And just because we're focusing on Vision in this comic series, Wanda is basically one of the main characters, but in an ancillary way. Because Vision's always thinking about, back to his relationship with Wanda and how right. his synthesoid wife is basically fused with Wanda's personality. So it's really it really has an interesting dynamic with their relationship as well. Right, and, and like how I was talking about earlier, how they both have really weird backstories. I think they do a really good job in, or Tom King does a really good job of kind of explaining that in the vision itself. So if you're, if you're really interested in finding more about their backstories and what's going on, I would definitely check it out. It's Again, it's only 12 issues too, so you can crank that out. You know, there's more pictures than there are words, so. <laughs> Which is why I like comics, because I was elected to lead, not to read. Speaking of which, dude, I, I so Justice and I have been texting each other like, dude, I just want to read comics, but I get too tired to have the motivation to read. And then it just suddenly hits me. I had that hit me last night. I read um, uh, all of Thanos wins, all of Donny Kate's Thor, and like a few other graphic novels, too. Just like I just had to sudden need to read all of it i love nice. thanos wins so much because thanos at the end being like yeah screw you you're you're terrible thanos and i yes. do both hate and appreciate in donny case's thor when they show the universe being destroyed and it's clearly superman the flash and green lantern being <laughs> destroyed in this universe like he's clearly saying a big old f you to dc uh, i love yes i i actually um that's when that when that issue came out was when I was at C2E2, which was a year ago, which is or more than a year ago, which is crazy to think about. But he uh he apparently when that issue came out, he was sitting next to Jim Lee, who's a huge DC guy. And and like all these fans were upset with him and D, and they were like doing a signing and Jim Lee was like, Why are they mad at you? And he goes, You wanna you wanna see? And he shows them and Jim was like, Oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a good guys. You're probably like listening. You're like, I don't know what happens in any of this stuff. But Donny Cates is really good. I think we've talked about him probably a hundred times. He's if you're interested in reading the whole Venom and Thor stuff, you got to start with Thanos wins and then read doc- his Doctor Strange stuff, and then you got to go on to Silver Surfer Black and then really read Venom and Thor because everything is connected. Yeah, I'm gonna move to his Doctor Strange uh, stuff soon. I think that's next up on my list. Um... I'm just going to pound through all of those. I've been reading a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the IDW ones, and they are very spicy. Yeah, they're good. And but, especially yeah. the the most recent Last Ronin stuff. Like, that stuff is awesome. Yeah, so. I want to finish all of them before Last Ronin because Last Ronin is great. But guys, we're at the point of the podcast where Justice and I are rambling about the stuff we're doing over the week. So I think it's time for us to give a little sign off in the socials. Um, like usual, you can get with, in touch with us at Podwars Podcast on Twitter or askpodwarspodcast at gmail.com. We have some interesting stuff coming up here. We're going to definitely cover Fal- Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to be bringing in Chris Lepp's stuntman who got crushed by Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian. And you'll have to bear with us as we probably take a few weeks off. But check out our amazing backlog of some people such as Comic Book Couples Counseling coming on to talk about a little Han and Leia. We had another philosopher on to d- discuss the overall moral moral of the story for Star Wars. And also 
two good friends of the pod from the Beyond a Screenplay podcast talking about Solo and Empire. So if we have to take a little break, we got some great stuff in the backlog for you guys to check out. Yeah. <laughs> and neither of us knew how to do who was going to do the exit. Have a great week. <laughs>